welcome to Life with Zan. I'm your host and friend, Zan Farrow. This podcast was created to celebrate how each of us breathe life into our own little corners of the world. Whether through work or play, it is my hope to honor the process and encourage others to do the same. Welcome to Life with Zan. Welcome back to another guest interview here on Life with Zan. Today we're going to be chatting with my friend Natalia, a fellow interior designer turned rug slinger and owner of her shop Drift Home Collection. This is an online store featuring handcrafted rugs and home decor items from her travels to Morocco and around the world. She now lives in Texas with her husband Nate and cattle dog rescue Macy, but embraces her Midwest roots through her hardworking yet laid-back personality. Natalia loves all things dusty pink, cooking at home, and 90s pop. I can't wait to share today's episode with you guys. I am so very grateful to have an incredible community of women surrounding me in the interior design industry and I know you guys are going to love Natalia as much as I do. Let's go to the show. Hello Natalia and welcome to Life with Zan. Hey thanks for having me. I am so excited. You are my first interior designer on the show. Ooh. <laughs> I know. And I, so your special guest. <laughs> and I was so excited to dive in and chat with you. You've had a unique experience in the design industry. And I was hoping you could share how you got into design and where you got your start. I had always had a love and a passion for helping people and really art and creativity. And so I decided to major in interior design. And so I graduated from Michigan State with a bachelor's in interiors and now have been in the industry. I guess it's been over 10 years. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, so, are you from Michigan? I am. Yeah. So yeah. how has, okay, so your role as a designer has changed quite a bit in the last few years. And I'd love for you to share how you made that transition and what you've added to your job title now. I originally, so once I graduated from design school, I went the more traditional path of interiors. And so I started interning for a designer. Then I was a design assistant. And then from there, I took on the role as interior designer at a firm. And really, I had had that whole experience and I love interiors. I still do. And I actually still do interior design on the side, but I now am, I guess you'd say a rug slinger and online shop owner. So as you know, I own Drift Home Collection, which is basically an online shop full of Moroccan rugs and other goodies. And yeah, it's just, it's been quite the ride. (laughs) So it seems like you really fell in love with Morocco specifically. And when was the first time you traveled there and really fell in love with the culture and their handmade and vintage goods? Yeah, so that was back in 2016. Okay. My husband, he actually got sent to Southern Spain for a work trip. And I, of course, had to piggyback off of that for at least a couple weeks. (laughs) So um, I, yeah, so I went to go visit him and then I begged him. I said, we need to go to Morocco for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it ended up working out. So we went to two cities, Tangier and Chef Shawin. 
And really, I was just blown away. I was blown away by the architecture, by the friendly people. You would just see artisans making a table in the street or weaving a rug. And I found it so just magical and exciting. Yes, that's very cool. So did you, on your first trip there, did you end up buying any pieces for yourself or any of your clients? No, actually. So I bought just a couple little things. And the funny thing about this, and it could be looked at as almost like a bad omen, was (laughs) that first little package actually got lost on the plane. Like they lost my luggage. Yeah. So I never even got that, (laughs) that stuff that I brought back. But really, I just, I was noticing, you know, how I could bargain for things there. And really bargaining and negotiating has always been a love and a passion of mine. So it was more just for, you know, a personal thing. Starting a shop was really nowhere on my radar. Mm -hmm. As you can probably imagine, like my dream was to just stay in interiors and own my own design firm. And then when I returned home, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Just the thought of bringing back things and selling them online. I just, I fell in love with it. Really. Right. So how much time was there between your first trip and you dreaming about it and then finally going back? Ah, so that was about, it was a little over a year. Wow. Yeah. So I, once I got home, I, I really, like I said, I couldn't stop thinking about it even to the point where sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and start like coming up with ideas for the shop. And and it was like, well, how am I going to make this happen? Like, this is not, you know, how are you just going to go back to Morocco? (laughs) That's what I asked myself, like after I just returned and how are you going to import things? There's just a long list of questions that I really didn't know how I would make it all work. Yeah. And so I I just started researching e-commerce and I started learning more about the Moroccan rugs. And yeah, that, a year yeah. later, I ended up returning back to Morocco, quitting my job and diving headfirst into an online shop. <laughs> oh my goodness. So at the time when you quit, or I guess quit your job, did you start both your own design business and the shop at the same time? Yeah. So the ultimate goal there, I guess, was I thought I was going to build the interior design firm and kind of do my little online shop as almost like a side project or um, hobby, you know, like that was the thing. But then once I got back home and then I just, you know, I did quit, I jumped right into that and I put I guess I would say all of my energy into the shop. I figured I would build the shop first and get that going. And then after that kind of gained some momentum, then I would really focus on building the interior side of my business. But really it's like the shop took off so fast that I've been, you know, like I still have yet to officially launch my interior design side of the business, which is, so it's opposite of what I even thought. You've had the plan, but the universe took over. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's so cool. And I have, I have so many questions about this. Like, I'm fascinated yeah. 
by your business and how it all unfolded. And I know so many people will find it so interesting. So the first thing that that blows my mind is just the audacity to say, you know what, I'm going to start a shop with products that are literally on the other side of the world. <laughs> and I need to figure out how I can sell them, how I can source them. And so when you made that second trip to Morocco, were you scared and or did you feel confident in sourcing and I guess shipping products back to the US? Ooh, so at that time, really I I knew I knew a little bit just from my best friend Google, but aside from that, I when I went back to Morocco, I focused my energy on Marrakesh. So I went to a new city and I went to just a bunch of different vendors and artisans and really it was just very trial and error. Yeah. Um, yeah, I met, uh, you know, I met lots of different people and I mean, I can say from then to now, you kind of learn who you can trust, <laughs> you know, so to speak, you get burned a little bit, right. but then really I've made some of the best relationships and friendships from this whole experience though. Wow. And so now, wait, do you work with like the same people every time you go and visit? Yeah. Sometimes I'll find a new resource or a new person and I'll purchase a little bit and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I have, I'd say just a few people that I work very closely with. Wow. That's very cool. I love that. You have, you have this little group of friends on the other side of the world. Yeah, totally. Really, they. I mean, we all say that's like I have a, you know, I'm Mor- my Moroccan family. Like, wow. <laughs> they really that. do take care of me, and they're they're really great. That's amazing. So, you go there, and when you are sourcing items, are you just walking around to different, I guess, vendors? And how do you purchase is, um, do a lot of people speak English and are they familiar with selling to American buyers? Yeah. So most of the, I'd say the vendors in the rug industry Mm -hmm. are used to speaking English. They have to communicate, you know, in English for the American and Australian customers. And then they also know French and Arabic as well. And sometimes they even know Spanish and other languages. It's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I guess I would say typical day sourcing rugs. Sometimes I can spend 12 to 14 hours just looking at rugs alone, which is pretty insane. (laughs) That sounds exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, it can be. It can be. And if you do that for many consecutive days on end, it does get pretty tiring. I'll look at hundreds of rugs and most of them are no. And Mm -hmm. like there might be a few maybes in there. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll go into an actual shop, but then sometimes I look at families' private collections. It's It's fascinating. Interesting. Definitely. Okay. So you are going to a new country and you're sourcing items. (laughs) and you're creating your own online shop. So how did you come up with the shop name Drift? I went back and forth on names for quite a long time, and Drift is the one that just kind of stuck in the end. I felt like it described my nomadic soul. (laughs) Yeah, I 
wanted to name it something where just encompassed the idea of going from place to place and bringing back things from those places. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) Okay. So you've been sharing a lot on your Instagram lately. And if people need to go follow both your design Instagram and your shop Instagram, because they're very cool. And something you shared was back in March, you and a friend and another friend who has a shop as well, I believe, took a trip through Marrakesh with a group of people. And I just, I want to know what inspired this and where did you take people? What did you do? (laughs) I want to hear all about it. Yeah. So my friend Becca, she actually sells Moroccan rugs too. One day we were having a conversation and I don't remember exactly how it got brought up, but she made a joke more or less that we should host some people in Morocco. And I said, Hey, I'm totally in for that. And she was like, Oh really? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, why not? We should, we should do it. I think we can make that work. And so we started just brainstorming ideas like, well, okay, let's say we take this hypothetical, hypothetical group of people (laughs) into Marrakesh. Where should we take them? What should we do? And we just made a list of our favorite spots, Mm -hmm. which included architectural sites, restaurants, experiences. And yeah, we came up with an itinerary and we planned it out for about 10 months. And yeah, this past March, we is when it happened and we had such an amazing time it was awesome crazy like I so do the people who went with you are they friends of yours or they're just people who follow y'all on social media yeah so they're internet strangers (laughs) (laughs) no I mean well there was one one of the girls I did know in real life she lives up in Austin Mm -hmm. but the rest were people that I had never met before whoa so that's yeah. Awesome. So they just trusted you. They were like, I'm going to follow these chicks out into a place I've never been. And right. Yeah. That's amazing. I would, I wish I was that bold. <laughs> and I love your confidence and being like, yeah, I, I'm going to throw these people around. <laughs> I think that we too, we, the way we put the package together, we really wanted it to be for that person that had always wanted to visit Morocco, but either didn't want to travel alone or didn't know how to go about planning the trip. So I think that appealed to a lot of people, knowing that they'd have two people that have been there many times with them, kind of showing them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's maybe why people trusted us, because it is something, even for me, it was hard to wrap my head around. That's very People actually sign up for this thing, you know, that was... They did. Yeah. (laughs) So are you going to do it again? Take another group? Yeah, so we are currently planning on having another one in October. October. So super exciting. Oh, that's so cool. I'll have to link the information in the show notes because I think this is such a cool opportunity and would be so fun. And like you said, for someone who's never been to that side of the world and doesn't necessarily want to go traveling alone to meet some new people and follow along people who are familiar with the area and see a whole new place that I just think that's the coolest idea ever. Well, thanks. (laughs) It's all Becca. She came up with it. (laughs) But you know what? You said yes. And it takes a team. It really does. 
it's true it's so magical and your photos are so beautiful and you took a photographer with you on the trip or did one of them just so happen to be a photographer this time I actually did bring a photographer friend along and she captured the entire retreat and then also some rug photos as well in the past I had hired a photographer in Morocco too to get photos because I, I do think there's something just so special about capturing the place and also capturing the environment of the rugs in their actual homeland. Yes. So that was something I really wanted to do. So yeah, the last couple trips, last yeah, a couple trips I made it happen. Very cool. So I, I have a million questions. <laughs> so oh yeah. You, you purchased the rugs. <laughs> so you, you purchased the rugs up front and then mm-hmm. you have a bunch of rugs and are you lugging them around town photographing them so on photograph you know on photo shoot day basically I'll have the rugs brought out they'll bring them out on a cart or on a bike I mean it's it's really comical actually just how they transport these things out and usually I get them shot at the Moroccan Riyadh or in the streets so it can be sometimes a little challenging just maneuvering mopeds and people and bikes and that type of thing because Marrakesh is actually a pretty chaotic city sometimes it's just it's very hustle and bustle so it's it's fun I mean it's quite the experience (laughs) really so cool I I can just picture it now you (laughs) so so for those of you who haven't seen Natalia's shop page, our Instagram, in a lot of the photos, she's holding them up in this these really cool backdrops. And I can just imagine you, you know, trying to take a nice photo and all these chaotic things going on around you. But you look very calm and collected in the pictures. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, <laughs> get, I get a couple good ones out of the group of photos that are, you know. I noticed how you took them in, within the spaces instead of you know, just at home or, you know, in your standard, just like throwing it in your living room one after another and taking photos. It's very cool that you take the time to shoot them that way. And then do you box them up and ship them? Yeah. So then from there, once I select the rugs in Morocco, I'll photograph some of the rugs in Morocco and then they will come over to me here. Mm -hmm. And so I have an office and I store them, I basically fold them up, and they're stacked up to the ceiling. <laughs> I shared a photo once, and I thought it was just, there's something so magical about it. There really it's, is. It's <laughs> magical, but it's one step away from hoarders. Like, it's right. a little scary. Right. You probably can't work in there, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, is, like, just trying to manage, that's definitely been a challenge, trying to manage kind of my inventory in our house. Yeah, very true. Yeah. But you didn't think of that one. You're just excited. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's amazing. So how has your experience in sourcing product kind of changed your experience as a designer? So, you know, I would say that now I pay much more attention to how items are created and why they're created and you know where they come from and just the quality I think that most designers do I shopped at a lot of 
big, big companies for most items. And I think that when it comes to furniture and inexpensive accessories, definitely, you know, I love Target. I love all of those places. But now I think I am more apt to get on Etsy and look for a uh, small shop for different, you know, pieces of art or accessories, or even sometimes small pieces of furniture, rugs, that Mm -hmm. type of thing. I think that it's important to support those smaller communities. So I think that's kind of how it's changed for me, definitely. Absolutely. I I try to be more cognizant and aware of the things I'm purchasing and for better or for worse, you know, because <laughs> you you realize how much lack of quality can go into certain products and a lot of it can depend on budget and I think for mm-hmm. a lot of clients time it takes longer to source products uh, that are more unique and handmade and vintage it usually costs more and I think some I'm really grateful for clients who have an appreciation for that and but I recognize that it's more unique and I think it's so cool how you bring attention to that through what you do and I sharing that even you know you, you don't push it in anyone's face it's more of just look at the look how this is helping a community and even though it is on the other side of the world, you can still connect and own beautiful handmade or vintage items from the other side of the world. The other day we were talking because I bought that trash can from Target. For those of you who are listening, (laughs) it's like this woven trash can that tries to look like handmade and cool, but it's not. It's from Target. And like you said that you had sourced something like that for a client and I got so mad at myself for a second and I was like oh why didn't I think of that but it's it's totally taking the time to be cognizant and aware of where you're purchasing things from and that goes far beyond just home decor but you can start there right that's our world so we'll start there and I I really appreciate you bringing attention to that and I'm really blown away by the products that you source and share they are truly so beautiful the rugs oh, thank you hard to stare at them and i think you know especially in the social media world we see a lot of the same stuff over and over and it's true for better for worse right <laughs> <And> yeah <laughs> i appreciate the attention to detail you put into sourcing and the pieces you source because they're they're really beautiful and unique. And I know that whoever buys from you is going to get something amazing. Like you can just tell that you really care for it. So I think that's incredible. That's the biggest compliment ever, (laughs) pretty much. I love that. So when you were, how long were you in Morocco this last time? Oh my gosh. So I was there about three and a half weeks. Okay. Is that how everyone was there or did you extend your trip? No, the group was there. It was four nights okay so yeah so you're there a while (laughs) yeah exactly the trip with the group was about yeah four nights five days and then I took extra time for sourcing and then I actually took even more time to kind of travel to new places in Morocco that I had never been before which is really really rewarding humbling and very cool (laughs) it sounds like you're really 
attached and drawn to that part of the world. And it sounds like whenever you leave, you have a really hard time because you feel so attached and you care for it so much, which is, you know, I can see how that'd be hard on you, but it's also very cool that you have, you know, that family on the other side of the world. I'm thankful for this whole experience because it's really just opened my eyes to a whole another side of the world that I never even really realized, you know, I didn't know how they lived. I didn't know any of the things I know now. And I feel like I've gained so many relationships, friendships, connections. I've, I feel like I have friends from all over the world yeah. at this point, because every time I go to Morocco, I meet up with other people that are doing the same thing, you know, from Australia, from France, from different parts of the United States as well. So it's That's just, incredible. it's so awesome. It's just, I, sometimes I just have to pinch myself. Like, yeah. is this real life? Dreamy. I'm sure there's hard parts from, but from the outside, it looks very dreamy. It is so dreamy and magical, but there are real hardships with it too, just like anything else. Yeah, I completely understand. You did mention yesterday on social media that you were trying to figure out the balance between the two sides of your business, the design side and the, I guess, being a salesperson, a shop owner. How is yeah. that going for you? I know so many people are straddling different projects right now since I just took on the podcast myself. I'm, I'm still learning how to balance the two. So where are you at in that process? Struggle is real. <laughs> I, I really do struggle in trying to balance just even those two aspects of business and then life. Mm -hmm. It's hard to really kind of manage my time in each day efficiently. You know, I feel like one thing thrives and other things suffer. Absolutely. So it's, you know, it is tough. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's sometimes not enough hours in the day to do everything I want to do. And I think also it's like, I have so many goals and dreams. I'm just that type of person that want to do everything. So of course it's, it's hard, but yeah, I think just as time goes on, you learn what works, you learn what you need to embrace, what you need to let go of, and then you just try to move forward and do the best you can. That's very true. That's great advice. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> I can do the same as you where you want to take on a new project and you want it to go so perfectly and you have to recognize sometimes that you have to let go a little and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect. You kind of, sometimes you just got to start and yeah. sometimes one, you can't give your attention to 10 things at once. And that doesn't mean the world's going to end. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. The world will keep turning with or without you and you just put one foot in front of the other. So I think that advice was amazing. So on top of your amazing trips to Morocco, what other places are you drawing inspiration from these days? One thing that really inspires me lately is Australian interiors and designers. I feel like the Aussies are just killing it on every level of design right now. So I love getting on Instagram and even Pinterest and looking up kind of those more modern and organic interiors just love that 
Um, and then also, yeah, I mean, travel, obviously travel really is a great motivator yeah. inspiration and it's been the biggest probably thing to that actually started, helped me start my business. Speaking of travel, have you been to Australia? Yes. Yes. Um, I went there actually at the end of last year, last fall. And what part of Australia did you go to? So we went to Melbourne and then we flew from there to Brisbane and then we went to Sydney <laughs> and wow. kind of the different coastal areas in between. Yeah. We did the Great Ocean Road. We did Byron Bay, which Byron Bay is like a big, you know, it's all over Instagram. Oh, so right? many cute, yeah. yeah, so many cute shops, restaurants, interior design companies coming out of that area. So it's, yeah, it was awesome really got to see a lot. So one of the thing you shared recently on social media that I want to touch on is social media presence and as not only a designer but a shop owner and probably feeling the need to be consistent and connected and you mentioned that you were giving yourself permission to step back a bit and I had to ask how that was going and how does that work for someone who runs an online business? For me, I think social media and, you know, and digital stuff in general comes in waves. Mm -hmm. I think that we need breaks from it from time to time to truly be our best and to renew ourselves. And for me, I was just coming off that trip from Morocco when I said that and that I wanted, you know, I was really wanting to take social media and really my business in general and live it and do it on my own terms. Yeah. I think so many times, like there's a lot of pressure there, especially if you are on in, on the Instagram scene and you're promoting your business on Instagram, you feel like you need to post every day. You feel like you need to use all the hashtags and check all the boxes and meet the algorithms expectations. But really it, you have to take a hard look at too, like how much does that matter? I try to put myself out there, try to be consistent, but sometimes you have to give yourself permission to take some time away too. I think that for me, yeah, for me, I just want to make sure that I'm thinking about myself in all of this because I think it's easy to get lost, whether you're in a nine to five job, and you are trying to do a side hustle or you're doing your own business, you know, I'll speak for myself when I say this, but I tend to put myself last. It seems like everything else kind of takes precedent and I have to really remind myself to let go, take steps back, do things for me. And yeah, I think that was a realization once I came back from that trip, I was like, you know what? I feel, you know, I would have felt guilty that I didn't post on this design account for a month, but I really don't. I needed this time. So (laughs) I think that's really cool that you're, you shared that and just said that because I think a lot of people who are online would be afraid to not post and to not say that I'm stepping back in the fear that people are going to unfollow or decide they don't like you or think whatever they want about you and your your life even though it's your mental health it's your business you need to do what's best for you but yeah, i have exactly I'm learning it too and it <clears throat> it is hard and i'm 
I'm figuring out that it doesn't matter how often you post. And I think there's something to be said for consistency. Still, still navigating that. But I think authenticity wins every time. And no matter who you are, if you're creating unique content or you're sharing a unique product and you're being true to yourself, not trying to sound like anybody else, then you're not going to lose anybody. People show up for you. You know, people love seeing your beautiful rugs, but they, they stay for you. And you probably don't realize that. And I'm learning that with being in an online space, they stay because they like the person behind the product because of how you share and how you show up as a business owner and person in the online space. So I'm, that's advice to myself, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Natalia, thank you so much for coming on Life with Anne. I'm so glad we got a chance to finally chat. Yeah, I thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And where can my listeners find you online? Instagram, your website? Yeah, Instagram at um, drift.home.collection. And then also Natalia Borner is the um, design account. And then also on my website, which uh, I'm sure you'll probably tag in the notes, but it's drifthomecollection.com. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Natalia. I have so appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Life with Zan. If you'd like to follow along, you can find me at Zan Farrow, spelled Z-A-N-F-A-R-R-O-W, on both Instagram and YouTube. And if you'd like to check out my website, head to zanfarrow.com. I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.